eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into another edition of the Lions 24-7 podcast. It is a busy week across the Big Ten here in Penn State, of course. It's Big Ten Media Days. We'll get to our guys Mark Brennan and Daniel Gallon a little bit later in the week, both of them out in Indianapolis, uh, covering the Denny Lions, covering everything happening out there at Lucas Oil Stadium. Follow lions247.com for the latest on all of that. Penn State down a commitment this week. We'll discuss that. We'll also talk about the Lash Bash event, which is coming up this weekend. On that attendance guest list, you'll find Javen Williams, and you'll find him right here on the Lions 24-7 podcast as we bring him on board, the top-rated prospect in the state of Pennsylvania for the 2023 recruiting class, uh, a longtime member of this Nittany Lions unit that has grown. It's approaching 20 total commitments. Javen, welcome onto the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, well, you and I had a, a phone call late last week and, and we had a, a, a long chat about your decision to enroll early. And let's start there. Uh, I know you're gearing up for your senior season. You want to go out and prove prove yourself all over again, finish strong at the high school level. But you're now under six months away from from coming here and, and being a member of this football program at Penn State. What is the kind of the, the, the top reasoning why you wanted to make that move early? Um, well, like me and Coach Franklin and Coach Shawan, like we put a lot of thought into the decision. And for me, I just really want to get like a big head start. And it seems like for linemen compared to skill guys, it takes a little bit more time to really like get to your top kind of, you know, speed as far as the college level football. So I want to get like the biggest head start I could get and the biggest advantages compared to the other schools in the Big Ten. And, and you are one of three offensive linemen who plan to make that move in January. I wrote about that on Monday. Um, you, Alex Birchmeyer, Anthony Donka, all planning to make that move come January. What do you think that's, I guess, reflects about Penn State's offensive line recruiting and, and kind of what you guys want to impact for the future? Um, Like, we all text in, like, the group chat and stuff, and we make sure that uh, me, Alex, and uh, Anthony, like, we try to stay as close as possible because we are a unit, so um, – I feel like it, it was like a decision that uh, like everyone made on their own, but it was kind of cool to see it all come together because I had no idea they were doing that also. And I kind of had it in the back of my head, but um, I'm looking forward to get like for, you know, getting in the weight room with them and on the field as soon as possible as well. Um, a big group coming for Penn state. There's going to be a bunch of early enrollees. We'll keep tracking that. Uh, but in the short term, you're going to be back on campus on, on Saturday and, and be part of that lash bash. It's going to be, you know, a big opportunity for some of the underclassmen targets, but certainly for the commits to get back together with the coaching staff and with each other. What do you think is the biggest opportunity for commits like you getting back to campus here this week? 
Um, it, it's really just team bonding. Um, it's I'm pretty sure it's like a barbecue and a bunch of games. So I'm like really looking forward to spending time with a bunch of the coaches and spending. It's like uh, the official visit. A bunch of the recruits were there with their families. So I'm looking forward to meeting their families again and just really like you know embracing the culture and, and the family environment for Penn State. Now, when we look ahead, uh, uh, part of that enroll early enrollment decision was the fact that you are going to have to, you know, step aside from the track and fields circuit next spring. Where you know, you and I discussed this, and we'll talk about it right now. A dominant uh, tr a track and field season for you as a junior um, ended up being a, a two-time state champion, uh, discus shot put uh, in the PIA Class Two A championships, uh, state record in that shot put, nearing sixty-six feet eight inches. You're content, though, to walk away. Those are your numbers. Was that any part of kind of the struggle in this decision, wanting to maybe take another look at what you could do next spring? A hundred percent. Me and my high school coaches and uh, my offensive line coach and my throws coach, we, like, talked about it a bunch. And um, my line coach, he threw also, so, like, he understands kind of, like, what that means as far as, like, if I were to compete for one more year. And, like, it, that was a big deal as far as my last year competing with track and field and uh, – also being able to like spend time like in high school with my classmates and stuff so like those were the two things that had to weigh out but for me like i think the uh the advantages of enrolling early definitely outweighed them out and uh, you know you're gonna make that move and and we talked about this the position discussion is something that maybe takes some people by the surprise because they see your profile on 24 7 sports we've got you as a top five offensive tackle uh, you look across the industry you're in that high four star some five star range a lot of them looking at you as a tackle but you're going to be focused predominantly on guard as a senior can you tell us how your role uh with your high school squad is going to change from junior to senior year uh yeah um my my junior year i was a strong side tackle so i was doing a lot of down blocks and uh, i pulled a bunch but um during like the mid-season i want to say like my coaches you know they kind of see my versatility and how i was able to learn the playbook and move really well so they moved me into guard a bunch and just really gave me a couple sets and a couple reps at uh practice and then during the game i got a little bit more comfortable and like by the time the end of the season came like i, I didn't even notice but i learned all positions on the field um so like my coaches, they kind of just like I'm not. They kind of just like threw me in there, but um, I, I really appreciate everything they did, and and we we talked about it a bunch, and kind of being like the percentages like last year. I think I don't know the exact percentage, but like it was like almost like fifty fifty as far as like uh, offensive tackles, uh, reps and guard reps, and like this year I'm like predominantly a guard, and I'll be pulling a lot, so I'm really looking uh, forward to that this year. Is your comfort level a little different inside versus being on the perimeter? Have you found that as you've gained more experience at guard? Um, I'd say, yeah. Um, I really, I'm a big guy that, like, I love to communicate and, like, even dummy calls. Like, I would just be yelling, like, you know, jibber-jabber. So, like, I just love getting in there. And, and I have two guys next to me that I can trust. So, like, I just really feel a big unit thing, like, you know, especially at guard rather than tackle. I'm on the outside and then kind of, like, solo almost. Well, we saw you a couple times uh, on on campus and working with Coach Tratwine and 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 you and Alex and Anthony at different courses of, of June. Now, a lot of guard work with Coach Tratwine, and and as of right now, we'll see how the class takes shape. We'll talk about some of those targets in a second. But understanding from coming off the conversation with you is, as of right now, probably going to stick at guard uh, if things go according to plan, making that move from high school to college. Right. Uh, me and Coach Trotwine, um, the first day, like, I really talked to him, and the day he offered me, uh, that was the first thing I asked him, like, where do you see me playing um, on, like, you know, this field? And he just told me uh, he wants to work me inside out. 
you know, wherever I'm really like comfortable, that's a big thing for him is like, you know, the personal guy, like where, where am I going to feel comfortable at, where I think I'm going to be best at. And he thinks like I'll be best at guard just because um, I have a little bit of advantage is like, I'm pretty good at bending, but my arms are like pretty long. So um, I could play, I could bounce outside because of that, but he thinks predominantly I'll be better and, and I'll have more success at offensive guard. What have you picked up from those sessions going, you know, in person with Tratwine, working alongside a guy like Alex Birchmeyer? What are some things you've added to your toolbox, some things you've picked up going toward your final prep campaign? Um, definitely pass blocking. Um, beginning the beginning of this uh summer, like I was I wasn't too like confident in myself as far as pass blocking. But um after working with Coach Tratwine uh all summer and just really talking to him and working on myself and my teammates and stuff like that, I think I'm a little bit more confident in my pass blocking, of course, and definitely like the style that he coaches. Um they teach a, a different like hand placement, uh coil replacement kind of thing. So um, learning that, I kind of have a little bit of a step, uh, like going into college on what I'm looking forward to. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to the playbook. Also, we got to learn and and see that a little bit um, on our official visit. So I'm just kind of taking everything in that he's teaching us, and and I've learned a lot all summer. It sounds like you and and Troutwine have a good line of communication. How would you kind of describe him as a coach, as a recruiter, and now in year three on the Penn State staff? Um, amazing. Uh, we have a. Uh, not well me and my high school offensive line coach we have a real close bond like a really close bond so um I kind of I, I don't want to almost deteriorate that like you know going into college with a new coach but um they get along pretty well so like that kind of added a little bit of trust factor into that you know if my my main guy trusts my next level coach but uh coach Charmont he talks to me like every single like every single week I'd say uh close to daily of course depending on when the recruiting is heavy and when he's on the road and stuff like that but um, I really appreciate how he takes time out of his day just to check up on me. Just like yesterday, he called me while I was playing on a video game. And we're just talking. And we're talking about, you know, the video game that I'm playing. So I say that he takes like he's younger. I think he's like 30 something, 35 or something like that. So it's like I feel like when he's talking to me, it's almost like an uncle or like an older brother rather than like Coach Franklin when obviously he, you know, he's older and, you know, he has more experience. Well, I know Coach Troutwine and Coach Franklin want to fill out more of this offensive line class. I know you do as well. We've mentioned the three guys who are on board. A couple big names at the tackle position, Stanton, Ramil, Evan Link, have been talked about quite a bit on our site in recent weeks and months. Are those two guys that you are particularly active with at the moment? Uh, yeah. Um, Evan Link and uh, Stan Ramil, those guys, I'm pretty sure they were on campus for, like, official visits. So, yep. um, Coach Sean Wine, he he uh he told us that those were guys that he really wanted to uh for us to check out, and um me and a bunch of the commits we're getting on them. I know Evan, he's a little bit of a, a quieter guy, but um we're trying to get to as much uh, guys as we can. Uh, we're also talking to uh, Nikhil and um Samson Okanolu. That's a real big one that uh, we're trying to get to join our class. That'd be a really big get. Nikhil down in Baltimore now, formerly of uh, Northeast High School in Philadelphia, picked up a Penn State offer, got to campus a little while ago. Some of those names out there. So you're talking about tackles there. Is the plan then Penn State's able to add a tackle or two? That kind of locks up the, uh, the the guard plan for you and, and vice versa. If they struggle to bring some tackles on board, is that more so open the, the possibility that you'll be on the perimeter to begin your career? Exactly. Uh, that's actually a talk that me and Coach Troutwine actually had as far as 
Um, well, it really, again, comfortability, like wherever I'm at and how I feel, wherever I'm successful at. But um, it'd be a lot easier for me to just, you know, hop in and it'd make the line fit a little bit uh, better together as far as having a real um, NFL, like, you know, six, seven, 320 pound tackle. I know that you're confident that you're going to come away with some more talent in this offensive line class, and that's not going to be the case. But I want to go back real quick to your your track and field success because there is a correlation. Brian Doan, who covers recruiting for us at the national level at 24-7 Sports, referenced your success as a reason for your rise in our recent top 24-7. Can you say, like, tangibly how what you do on the in track and field with the discus, with the shot putt, impacts what you're able to do when you get in a three-point stance and attack the opponent on the football field um yeah um well those like the shot put i feel like they add different things because you're not moving as quickly with the shot putting your neck as far as like with the discus so with the shot put that's a lot more like you know explosiveness really getting my hands on you and that grip strength kind of deal um discus is a, I'm a lot quicker through the circle and I think that's like a finesse um, and they both have to do a lot with foot, uh, footwork. So I think like both of those and, and definitely like balance, like it's, it's really hard to save like a throw usually like when you're going full speed in a, in a real competition. So that's definitely like uh, as far as like physically, I feel like definitely those are things that go together in the track and field world. Now, you are the top-rated prospect in Pennsylvania by our standards. Uh, when I look at the top 10 in composite, six players out of Penn, six of those top 10 in Pennsylvania committed to play football at Penn State. You recently added a running back, and I know running backs, offensive linemen, they go together, they count on each other. London Montgomery, what did you think about the pickup there, and uh, how involved were you were in, in the dialogue with him before he made his decision? Um, he was another guy I feel like I was a little bit quieter as far as like, communicating. But something that's like really cool is I faced him in uh, the state quarterfinals uh, in the PIAA cha uh, state championship and we beat his team. So I was able to like just like really work and like not work with him, but see his film. And like I knew he was like one of the better running backs in the state. And I knew that like if Penn State was able to offer him, I like I knew like even before he got offered, like I was like, that's that's a good running back in the state. And he's going to get he's probably going to get a Penn State offer because he's one of you know the best in PA stay in PA. So when he when he committed. Um, the like the connection like all the recruits had on the official visit was amazing, and I feel like um we kind of like uh we didn't determine it, but we kind of were like expecting that you know after what happened like we had a we had a great time we spent a bunch of time together bonding, and I feel like the official visit that we had um in, back in June it really set the lead and, and set the uh, set the ball moving as far as like getting all those commits that were there to commit also. Well, he came on board this month. So did Tamir Robinson out of the Pittsburgh area. And, and so you're, you're seeing this swell of, of in-state prospects stay home and play for Penn State. As somebody who committed early on in the cycle and has been recruiting your fellow peers in the state of Pennsylvania, how proud are you about the way this class in-state has taken shape? Um, extremely. Uh, we actually have like a little uh, group chat like for the PA guys. And um, that's one thing like we really want to um, embrace. Like, you know, we're, we're the PA guys. We're, we're from you know, the home Keystone State, and we want to uh, embrace that and take that going into Penn State, you know. Um, and they, they also do a great job of doing that also. Um, I feel like uh, that's a big, like, big thing for myself, like, being the Eastern PA guy. Like, I want to make sure that, you know, I make my community proud. And I feel like the class has been doing a pretty good job as far as the in-state and out-state guys. 
what does it mean to you to be on top of that list for your home state among all these rising high school seniors, a lot of talented players that are going to play power five football. Someday they'll play in the NFL. And right now you're on top of that list. It's not just 24 seven sports. This is the consensus opinion. What does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. Um, growing up, that was always like, you know, the dream be the best, you know, guy in Penn state uh, for me. Uh, when I was getting like, you know, my recruiting process, my goal was just to be the best offensive, you know, lineman in Pennsylvania and to be the overall athlete like that's just for me that's different just because I was always told you know the linemen don't get all the glory you kind of just you know pick up for the st uh, skill guys and stuff like that so like I feel like it's like a big deal as far as for me and my family just because you know I'm a lineman and I try to show a lot of athletic uh, abilities and capabilities I know there's a lot of guys in PA that you know are above and beyond even the guys that are committed so I'm really, you know, I'm appreci I appreciate it a whole bunch from like, you know, all the recruiting sources and hopefully we just keep on skyrocketing it up. Something else that came up during our discussion late last week was the in-state factor when it comes to NIL, because you're not just moving across the country and showing up to a campus as some big name. You're, you know, you're getting in the car, driving a couple hours, and then you're going to be home pretty frequently. How is that going to play out for you from an in-state perspective, from the, you know, the quote unquote local top recruit how can that really benefit you moving forward in this new age of college football where there is financial opportunity um i think it could benefit a whole lot um i know nick singleton he he's gotten a couple of really nice deals and i know um you know he's kind of like the hometown hero um he had a whole bunch of you know crazy um accolades and stuff like that so i know that like you know that plays a whole big part into like being a guy from Eastern PA, you know, you're, this is your home. And like you said, being two hours away, like, you know, I'll be home a lot. So I feel like like the mom and pop shops that showed me love, you know, uh, you know, growing up, I'm definitely going to, you know, try to start signing up with that. And there's a lot of like PA is really big. Like, you know, you have Eastern PA where it's like Philly and, and you know, like Scranton, Reading, of course, and then you have Western PA, with like, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and like stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, everyone, you know, there's Pitt, but everyone loves Penn State. So I'm really looking forward to all the deals and all the money that's going to go into this. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for me. And and when you're on an official visit weekend at Penn State, how much of the conversation is about NIL? How much of the presentation, how much of the plan for your next four or five years of your life involve NIL opportunities? And, and how much do they lay that out while you're on campus with your family? Um, NIL is like not new. It's kind of new. So like, you know, a lot of coaches and people are like really still learning about it. Um, but I say that, uh, coach Franklin, like he did a really good job of like presenting that. Um, I know coach Kabbalah, uh, he kind of took over that, uh, as far as like on the staff with the NIL. So I know like if I have any questions, anything to do with that, um, I know that he'll be able to answer it. And they did a really good job of like presenting that and the pros and cons and, and how much money we'd be able to make. Well, my last question for you here, Javen, and, and thanks again for the time coming onto the podcast. Um, it's been a wild July. We're not done with it yet, but your class has added some big time pieces. You've also lost a couple really important pieces. Um, as you come out of this and everybody starts to get ready for their preseason camps, how do you feel about this class and where do you think it goes in the next few months once you get to signing day? Um, I feel like amazing about this class ever since I joined it. Um, I feel like we we don't necessarily try to, but, you know, we kind of compare ourselves to the class of 2022 and, you know, how successful they were. So, of course, we want to land in the top uh, five or top 10 would be, I feel like top 10 is expected, but top five would be like, you know, a real big deal for us. And, and we're all grinding and we're doing a real good job of uh, recruiting. And I know, uh, like, you know, we're on 
everyone that we can get our hands on. And, and we're trying to bring like the best talent, but also guys that we know that we could bond with. And, and that's really like the point of this, really to see who the guys that we're going to be spending the next four to five years with. And I feel confident that the guys in this class right now, I'm going to be real comfortable and real happy to call those guys my teammates and my friends on the field also. Javen Williams, one of the marquee members of a recruiting class that has 18 commits on board as of this Tuesday and number five in the nation. Javen, thanks a lot. Uh, good luck with upcoming preseason practice. But before then, enjoy Lash Bash this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good day. All right. Take care. We'll be right back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good stuff from Javen. Really, uh, if you missed it, last week had a lot of things to say about his early enrollment. You heard some of that repeated a bit, uh, but story up on lines247.com on Friday. A little bit more about his upcoming transition to Penn State come January. We're going to bring, without further ado, our recruiting analyst uh, at Lions 24-7, that is Tyler Calvaruzzo. And Tyler, tough act to follow in there. And Javen Williams, who I know a lot of people are excited about and should be further excited about after hearing from him. Uh, but we got a lot to get to, and we'll start with something I referenced there at the end of the conversation with Javen. Another exit from the recruiting class earlier this month, it was quarterback Marcus Stokes flipping to the Florida Gators. That was a shocker. That one really came out of nowhere, and we had very little time to, to digest it. This one, more of a slow trickle to get to this point. Yazid Haynes, six weeks after committing to Penn State, now decommitting from Penn State. But as I just said, not exactly the slap in the face or the shock moment that, that the Marcus Stokes presented to us a few weeks ago. No, the writing was kind of on the wall with Haynes when he went to Temple Camp and camped in front of the Georgia coaching staff. He picked up that offer shortly after the camp. He made a visit down to Georgia a few days later. And I mean, this, like you said, slow trickle is pretty much the way you described this. Once that offer came in and once Haynes made the decision to go work out for the Georgia coaching staff while committed to Penn State, it was pretty obvious where this one was trending. And, you know, hey, look, game is the game. You know, it's just one of those things where Penn State, another loss to Georgia, Haynes just had his sights set elsewhere at the end of the day. Yeah, we'll see uh, if Yazid Haynes officially ends up in that Bulldogs yeah. class, but that's that's where uh, the, the tea leaves are certainly pointing, and that's where the crystal ball is pointing to at this stage as well. And Haynes, I mean, you were on campus, uh, and we, we were both there watching him you know, <laughs> blow out the 40-yard dash, uh, got, got a big reaction from James Franklin and the staff. He's a guy that there was a lot of excitement about him being a versatile component as an athlete in this recruiting staff. Is he a defensive back? Is, can he be polished enough at wide receiver? Um, and now he's totally out of the equation. So which side of the ball? I think I know your answer here. Uh, does this maybe hurt more or impact more or light a fire under you more if you're Penn State and you got to get a piece? 
Definitely wide receiver. I mean, it just comes down to a couple of reasons there. You know, we've touched on it that Penn State was leaving the door open for Haynes to pick his position. But at the end of the day, this is more of an impact on wide receiver recruiting moving forward. Just because Penn State already has so much depth defensive back wise in its 2023 class. So even if it, even if Haynes decided that he wanted to play DB, it, it would still be a wide receiver move. Just, you know, they're looking at speed. Guys like Carmelo Taylor, Micah Mays, Edwin Joseph, all of them are all in play. We'll, we'll talk more about them soon. But, yeah, yeah, this is going to impact Penn State's wide receiver recruiting more than defensive back recruiting moving forward. You're going to start to see kind of the board take shape in the coming week or two, and we'll see where Penn State goes to the position. There's a lot of work to be done with Izani Shakir being the only commit in the class right now. Yeah, Shakir on board. And by the way, uh, his new head coach, Bill Belton, promoted there at Winslow Township late last week. We, we had Belton on uh, the podcast to talk about Shakir, his top target. But yeah, that remains the only receiver group. They, they brought in a, a nice freshman class last class with, with some speed, with some blue chip talent. Mitch Tinsley's a, a, you know, a one-year rental of sorts out of the transfer portal. So Carmelo Taylor is a name that you brought up, and it's one that we've brought up here on the podcast uh, plenty of times here in the past couple months. He made his official visit to Penn State in June. You know, the size is not going to blow you away. You'll look at the young man. You wonder if he's going to be a power five fit. But then you turn on the film and you see those uh, verified speed numbers and you think, okay, now you get it. Virginia Tech, South Carolina, Penn State involved there. But this seems like he's having a hard time getting to a commitment date. It also, you know, when he put up a photo the other day announcing some of his struggles with the decision, he was rocking a Penn State wrist, a Penn State uh, bracelet on his wrist. So people are trying to look for clues here. And I want to remind everyone, this is a very new recruitment when compared to pretty much everybody on the Penn State target board. Yeah, I mean, me and Brian kind of touched on it on last week's podcast that there's a lot going on here. I mean, <laughs> there's so many moving parts. Like you said, it, it was a late blooming recruitment. So those are always kind of, of the interesting variety. Just, you know, when a kid blows up like that and the process kind of hits them all at once, it's a lot to take in and they have a lot to sort through. And that's what Carmelo Taylor is going through right now. You know, last week it seemed like Virginia Tech was in a good spot. Now it seems like South Carolina is in a good spot. Penn State is still very much in play. So, look, I mean, no matter what happens when Taylor does commit, which seems like it's going to be on the final day of July with the way things are, things are slated right now, I, I think we'll be talking about Carmelo Taylor going into the fall. I don't think this is a recruitment where he commits and the page gets turned and that's that. I think this is a name we'll be discussing throughout the cycle. This, this is probably just the start of where things are going. It'll be interesting to see if Taylor makes it up to last bash on Saturday. That's something that I've yet to be able to confirm. So we'll see if he winds up making the trip. That'll obviously add a very interesting element to it because if he were to make the trip, that would give Penn State essentially the last crack at him before he announces his commitment, the last chance to make an impression. We all know the kind of impact that could have. And another yeah. return trip to Taylor, to campus, you know, maybe that's enough to move the needle. But we'll see. I mean, really, the wait-and-see approach is probably the best way to play this because I, this this, I don't think this is coming to a conclusion anytime soon. Yeah. Mentioned before, just just being a few yards away from him on campus back in June when I was you know covering seven on seven camp and he was there for his official visit. Got a little bit of the KJ Hamler vibes from the yeah. size and what you know about his speed, but also the personality, big personality for 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 a smaller statured guy. Um, but uh, KJ Hamler was well on the radar by the time he got around at this point yeah. in his career. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, one thing that we that we've been trying to track here, and I know you've done a great job of it, is whether Micah Mays is going to show show up for Lash Bash. You know, you talked about Carmelo Taylor. Mays is a guy, uh, NC State jockeying to get him on campus here for, for that last peak before preseason camp, and so is Penn State. Out of the Benjamin School in Florida, uh, Palm Beach area, we know that the, the Nittany Lions have done really solid work 
down in the Sunshine State this year. J1 Sider, Taylor Stubblefield are involved here. It seems to me that if he doesn't get on a plane and end up at Penn State, it may be a bit of a back to the drawing board moment as we kind of reshuffle what Penn State wants to do at receiver. Yeah, and the good news for Penn State in that regard is I think he's leaning towards making the trip. You know, that's what the intel seems to indicate. And let me just say, there's, there's been I mean, no... It's Tuesday at 1.30 p.m. Yeah, exactly. I'll put that out there right now. We got a ways to go for an event like this. Exactly, man. We're, in a few days from now, he, he could be on a plane to NC State, and, you know, that's that. So this is a developing situation. There, there's yet to be any sort of confirmation of where Mays will visit this weekend. So it's coming down to Penn State and NC State in that regard with a visit. I think he's leaning toward making the Penn State visit, which would present the Penn State coaching staff with a pretty big opportunity. You know, Wake Forest has had such a good relationship with Mays for a really long time. And with him closing in on August 6th commitment, relationships looming large, you know, Penn State's late to the game. Wake Forest has been there essentially since day one. So Penn State is kind of fighting an uphill battle. But Mays has been on record saying how important of an offer this was and how he was looking for that kind of big-time opportunity. Granted, it didn't come from the SEC like he was wishing. You know, being a Florida kid, that, that's a pretty understandable wish. But he, he likes Penn State. He understands the program's history. He understands what the opportunity to play in the Big Ten will mean to him. He's been very vocal about getting that kind of an opportunity. So if he does make it to campus, I think the staff is going to have a chance to shoot itself up his list in a sense and you know they're going to get a look at him too it goes both ways you know so it'll be interesting to see if he makes it to campus that's something that we'll be monitoring throughout the week like like you said i mean we could get done here and i could find out where he's visiting it's just, it's it's a fluid situation right now yeah and it always is with lash bash and, and yep. like you said this is really important week you know you're, you're everyone wants to focus on those official visits of june but this is kind of that last chance to make that impression before everyone goes back to their respective high school practice fields and, and starts to focus on themselves and their team and maybe shift gears away from recruiting for just a little bit as much as possible edwin joseph is another name that you referenced he's out of shamanan madonna prep in south florida another guy that to, to monitor receiver for penn state but one that's going to be confirmed as a Lash Bash visitor out of Tennessee is Justin Brown. SEC interest, of course, in play here. Uh, but this is one that he will be in town, as far as we understand, at Tuesday at 1.30. So that's a little bit further along than some of these other guys. Yeah, right now the plan is for him to make it to campus on Saturday. Staff will get a look at him. It's expected, you know, he'll, he'll showcase some stuff for the staff. They'll make their evaluation, and that evaluation, I, I assume, will pretty much determine where Penn State goes with Brown from this point on. And, you know, just watching Brown's tape, he's a pretty interesting prospect. He's got some pretty good traits that the staff could work with, should they choose to. And if Penn State pushes, I, I think they'd be very much in play. They'd be right there with Mississippi State, where right now it seems like he's leaning. And Penn State isn't necessarily late to the game here. Like, they're late in the sense that they're getting a look at him in, at the end of the July. But they've been involved. There's been contact for a while. So... How Brown fares for the staff will ultimately determine if he's a factor moving forward. Yeah, and 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns last year as a junior. And we've seen this play out. Yeah, we've seen this play out in late June. I think this last bash weekend in particular where Penn State gets some guys to campus who have offers and maybe it's their first time on campus and it's really your first chance to get a feel for each other. You're looking and you're assessing from an athletic standpoint, but you're also doing that from a behavioral standpoint, I think, as well. Um, and just trying to get a fit for for the culture and for personality. It's a lot to try to pack in, especially when you're juggling all this stuff. But these coaches don't miss much during these weekends and the support wow. staff. Everybody's watching stuff, measuring stuff. Uh, and, and there's another name I should throw in there, a junior college prospect that, that we confirmed is going to be on campus, Anthony Robinson. Uh, I, I chatted with him. He's out of Butler Community College in Kansas. 
one of the premier community college football programs that you'll find across the country in the last few decades. And he was at Fort Scott last season, originally out of Baltimore. This is a six foot three cornerback, but you know, Penn State's going to want to know is that six foot three on 24 seven sports site or is that six foot three in front exactly. of our faces yeah. here in Happy Valley? So that's just kind of an example. And Robinson's, I think, uh, you know, kind of one of those, depending on how it goes while he's on campus for 24, 48 hours this upcoming weekend go a long way for for what it means in Penn State's interest going into this upcoming season. Uh, We've seen guys uh, verify offers and end up committing to Penn State on weekends like this. We've seen guys come down and probably intending to verify their offers and ultimately being left out of classes from weekends like this. So there is a lot to study through kind of just beyond the list of names that people go through. Uh, There there are a lot of gray areas when it comes to some of these guys, particularly with 2023 prospects, because that, that, that clock is getting louder and louder as it ticks down a signing day. Yeah. And those are all really great points. And I think it kind of gets lost in the shuffle that some people think, you know, weekends like this where Penn state has last bash and, you know, they have all these top tier guys up. They think it's just, you know, Oh, everyone comes up, they have a good time. They get a nice barbecue in. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes here with kids working out and kids trying to, earn their place in a class or earn the legitimacy of an offer. And I think that kind of gets lost with some people that they just think it's a chill weekend where the commits try to sell the program to to the prospects that make it up. There's a lot of other stuff going on. It's a big weekend for a lot of kids, especially with it being right before the dead period. This is the last chance for a lot of kids to really get on Penn state's radar before the season starts. Late last week, uh, I know that Tyler posted a, a list of confirmed visitors for the last pass. There's some big names on there. They extend beyond the 2023 class. A lot of 2024 players, five-star out of the state of Pennsylvania, Quentin Martin among those headliners. Tysir Denmark, who, in my opinion, was probably the best playmaker, period, that I saw in the seven-on-seven circuit here in June at Penn State. He's going to be coming back to campus. And that's just the tip of the iceberg as we work our way through through some of the, the, the more long-term recruitments. But sticking with 2023 and not necessarily Lash Bash, guys, and, and I know you'll continue to keep tabs on that. Everyone check it out, lines247.com, our VIP subscribers have learned every name, every step of the way as they get confirmed. You're not going to see them until we get confirmation, but once they get confirmed, they're up there. Two defensive names to bring up on 2023 class, and maybe you can help me out here because they've been murky at times and maybe still are. Kavion Keys at linebacker out of Virginia, and then defensive lineman Jalen Thompson out of Detroit. Yeah, starting with Keys, you know, yesterday I spent, uh, spent some time working the phones, doing a little bit of research on him, just – getting a better feel for where he's at ahead of his late August decision. And we've documented time and time again on this podcast, on the side, on the boring through Q and A's that this is a Penn state, North Carolina battle. And there have been plenty of points where I've said North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. I don't think that's really the case anymore. I think as June went on, Penn State's chances got better and better. And that kind of came to a head when Keys made the official visit. That official visit wound up being arguably Penn State's most impactful official visit of June, just in the way it moved the needle. See, saying that might be a little bit of a stretch just based on the way things went with Tamir Robinson and Tony Ross, how those visits essentially locked down commitments. But Keys was just as impactful because right now Penn State has the lead for him. Albeit it might be a slight one, you know, he still has a lot to figure out throughout the next month. But I think Penn State has momentum in his recruitment right now. And a lot of that could be attributed to what transpired during his official visit. He was really sold on the culture, the coaching staff, his fit in the defense. Just Penn State really pushed all the right buttons. The one thing I would say with keys that needs to be monitored as the end of the dead period approach or the beginning of the dead period approaches at the end of the month is if he makes it to Virginia. Virginia is trying to get in with him late. 
we'll see if he makes that trip. I still think even if he does make that trip, it's going to come down to Penn State and North Carolina. Obviously, you know, Virginia in-state schools, there's going to be some level of interest there if he does make the trip. But I, I like where Penn State is at with him right now after that official visit. And Thompson, yeah, his visit plans are kind of, I guess, up in the air is the best way to put it. Because he was at Ohio State yesterday, first trip right off the bat to begin the week. He made that trip. He really enjoyed it. Had a good time in Columbus. And now it looks like he's going to stay in the Big Ten with his visit, but it might not be Penn State. It might actually be Michigan State on the 30th, which was kind of unexpected just because Thompson had an official visit scheduled Michigan State during June, and that visit didn't take place because of Michigan State. That was their decision. So to kind of see him circle back with Michigan State possibly on the 30th is a pretty interesting development, I would say. It was kind of unexpected on, on all sides. So we'll see if Thompson makes it up to Lash Bash. If he does, obviously, that would be good news for Penn State. He wants to take all of his official visits. Penn State's going to get one in the fall if he sticks with that plan. But it would be big if they could get him back on campus before the end of the month. And, of course, for a while there, we were wondering if Kavion Keys would ever make it to campus. He finally did. We saw the impact there. And whether it's been weather-related or travel-related or just generally his itinerary changing, it feels like Jalen Thompson, the four-star defensive lineman out of Cass Tech, is one that you simply – have to check in the moment you're writing about it. You can't check in yesterday and write about it today, right? You've, you've got to kind of monitor this one day by day with Thompson and, and the reporting out of the 24-7 Sports Network elsewhere in the Big Ten territory certainly kind of adds to that. Yeah, because when we first published the uh, the last bash list late last week, it was in the middle of last week, Thompson was leaning towards making that visit, and now it's more up in the air. So, yeah, I mean, you just got to keep checking in and seeing what his plans are. It's one of those ever-developing things. Kind of like Carmelo Taylor in a sense, but yeah, we'll see if he makes it. It's uh, There's a chance that he does. There's a chance that he doesn't. Either way, I think we're going to see him back on campus in the fall. We kind of buried the lead. We're going to see you back on campus yeah. later this week and first time since early June. We're looking forward to that. It not only is the Lash Bash take place this weekend, but it's the final prospect camp of uh, Penn State's summer schedule. It's actually the first one of July and the last one of July. And it's always a really solid one. The numbers aren't as massive. Uh, there's quite frankly just more more of a quantity versus quality situation uh, in, in some of the earlier camps and this one's going to be kind of flipped where you get a lot of quality less quantity so it should make for a good coverage on friday uh, we plan to be out there of course saturday into sunday we'll see what comes out of lash bash if commitment surface if guys start to lean one way or the other we'll be reporting all that at lines 247com with tyler leading the charge of course brian dome will stop in i think alan true will probably jump in for this as well considering some of the regional guys that, that may be on campus but tyler any kind of final thoughts as, as you kind of piece together this lash bash and and monitor the Penn State recruiting trail a few days ahead of Lash Bash. I don't think we'll have you back on here on the podcast before we get on the field Friday. It's really just, you know, the 2023 guys that may or may not make it, that'll be obviously a pretty big development that you got to stay on lines 20. You got to stay with us for that because it could change by the day, man. So I'm excited to get back up. You know, there's going to be a lot of top-tier talent coming to campus both Friday and Saturday. Friday I'm really excited about just getting to see that camp. You know, I've heard it's a high-level camp. It's it's been a good camp for Penn State in the past in terms of, you know, evaluating kids, getting them offered and you know, getting some of these guys on board. So I'm excited to make that trip. And obviously, you know, my first last bash, I'm really looking looking forward to that. I might have to go to the creamery, too, because I, I don't need Don. Yeah, I don't need him to roast me the next time he comes on again. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll Brian leave. Doan. Brian Doan already already uh, took you to task for going yeah, over one did. on the creamery. Yeah, I can't, you can't have go that over happen. Two. And you know what I can't have happen? Because you just brought my, you stirred my my memory a little bit. I remember when Will Levis came to campus the night before the Lash Bash, 
you know, threw in front of Joe Moorhead, yeah. throwing the ball to guys like Pat Fryermuth. He ends up coming away with an offer. He ends up being the quarterback on board, replacing a quarterback who left the class. Is that a dynamic that people should be following? I know if, if those who have been following you on the message board probably already know what's going on there, but quarterback, is that a position in play this weekend to monitor uh, as Penn State looks to replace Marcus Stokes ultimately in this class? As far as I'm concerned, Friday, yeah, most definitely. I think we're going to see a very intriguing quarterback on campus and throwing some passes for the staff. So if, you, if you've been on the board, you know, you have a little bit of insight into that. I can't really get into too much more detail out of respect for the prospect, you know, and his wishes. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see Friday. Well, I respect your respect for the process and for the prospect. We appreciate every time you come on the show. We'll have a lot more to talk about early next week coming out of Lash Bash. Oh, yeah. In the meantime, folks can follow our coverage at lions247.com. See you in person real soon, Tyler. Yeah, man, looking forward to it. All right, good stuff. Uh, again, Lash Bash Saturday, camp preceding that on Friday. Uh, glue it to lions247.com this weekend. It's going to be a fun place to be. Uh, big opportunity for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Big thanks to J Javen Williams for joining us here earlier on this episode of the podcast. Long conversation with him. A lot to look forward to as his career begins at Penn State this upcoming winter. For now, going to step aside. I am Tyler Donahue. We'll be back a little bit later in the week. Daniel Gallen, Mark Brennan, currently covering Penn State out at Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis will join us with their full reports from that event. We'll talk to you real soon right here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.